Hey everyone, we have received exceptional support for the Diaries Plus. It means so much to us. It's been a tough year for us. We're down on sponsors, but you keep lifting us up and making this show possible. And because of that, we get to keep making more cool shows for you. So today we're releasing a new series on Diaries Plus called Good, Good, Bad. Trips, adventures, and fiascos that define our lives. On New Year's Eve 2023, Mason Gravelly slid a stand-up paddleboard into the tannin-stained waters of Lake Okeechobee and embarked on an adventure he's been dreaming of for years, an unsupported crossing of one of our country's biggest lakes. Between the weather, toxic algae, and alligators, he was told it was preposterous. But Mason's journey was a culmination of years of Florida adventures and a passion for conservation. Here's a little taste of the first good, good, bad episode, Alligator Lake. Wherever you are is an adventurous place to people that aren't from there. And so it's like, I'll be honest, right now at this point in my life, I would never leave within an hour or two of my home if I could. And I'd probably, that's probably going to change at some point. But right now, that's like my reality. And I did not see that coming. Like, I I would have laughed at you if you you said that's the way you're going to think in five years. And so... It, it, all of us have to go through it. Like, oh, adventure is elsewhere or life and the fulfillment and what we're looking for is elsewhere. And I think part of maturing and just part of just living this life is one, going through that. And two, <laughs> realizing everything you need is right here. You know, how many times have people told us that, but it, it takes learning it yourself, you know? Subscribe to Plus Now for the full story and access to all new episodes. As always, Thank you for your support. Now, on to the show. The spring sun radiated onto the dry, concrete sidewalk as the remnants of the Wisconsin winter melted from the surrounding snowbanks. As a three-year-old, this sidewalk was my ticket out of the house, my ribbon of freedom to explore on two wheels, plus my training wheels. From the driveway, a long, sweeping uphill turn led me to the straightaway, bordering the backyard before the sidewalk ended at the cul-de-sac, marking the end of my territory. I would speed back and forth, taking off from the driveway until I slammed on the coaster brakes and skidded to a stop before my tire hit the tarmac. I turned around and repeated it, over and over as the buds on the trees blossomed and filled out with green leaves. Before they turned brown in the fall, I pleaded for my dad to take off the training wheels. I was about to turn four. My dad took me to the local softball field where my tumbles were padded by gravel and grass forgiving compared to the concrete that would break my fall at home. We left the first few evenings marked with blood and tears, but my determination did not wane. When I finally rode away from my dad's outstretched arms, I rode to the freedom that only two wheels could provide. I pedaled steadily down the first baseline into right field before carefully turning around and returning to the infield. No longer hindered by training wheels, I was free to lean deep into turns as we took family bike rides around the neighborhood 
and use my kickstand to keep my bike from falling over. I am sure he went for solo rides, but I only remember the times with my sister and I riding along in the bike trailer. The world whizzed by in the rear-facing trailer, not knowing where we were heading, but keeping a close eye on where we had gone. We giggled as we picked up speed going down hills through the local university and egged that on to ride faster when the downs turned to ups. Summer errands were more fun in the trailer, and when Dad was tasked with going to the store to grab ingredients for dinner, we insisted he tow us along. Through grade school, my borders began to grow, and I soon felt the freedom of exploring the neighborhood by myself, stopping to play with other kids, and joining forces as we pedaled the streets together. Soon I would be locking up my trusty steed at school, waiting for classes to end so I could ride home. I would ask my parents if I could go to a friend's house down the block so I could take my bike. I would even tag along with my dad on his rides, but I would take my bike. I received hand-me-downs from my older sister when it was time to trade up, but I was scheming for something special the summer before fifth grade. After many trips to the local bike shop, I was finally able to work out a deal with my parents for a brand new BMX bike. I paid for part of it with money I had saved from birthdays and allowance, but I would have to step up my work around the house to pay off the rest of the bike. Mowing the lawn got me $5 closer to being debt-free, but watering the garden was only worth $1. I quickly figured out which jobs were worth the effort and which were not worth the time away for my new ride. Summer nights meant time in the saddle as we went for family rides around town learning the rules of the road. We talked about blind spots, right-of-ways, and how to be predictable to traffic while riding in a defensive manner. Riding a bike was slowly transitioning from a hobby to a means to travel. Using my bike to go hang out with friends was becoming more important than just riding. As I grew older, my love for biking faded as motors began propelling me through life. Why would I waste my time pedaling when I could just drive or ride in a car? This sentiment intensified when I left home to attend college in Duluth, Minnesota, where the steep streets begin at Lake Superior and travel straight uphill. I drove or took the bus around Duluth, having no thought of navigating the snow-covered hills with anything less than four-wheel drive. I questioned the sanity of those who tackled the ascents on a bicycle just to get to class, let alone deal with the conditions northern Minnesota had in store for us. I started running my last year of university, bundling up in half my closet to pursue that sweet release of endorphins. My legs burned as I climbed to panoramic views of Lake Superior, rediscovering an appreciation for the places my legs could take me. As I bombed down the single track on foot in my worn-out shoes, I shared the trails with fat bikes blazing through the snow in the winter and decked out full-suspension rigs bouncing over rocks in the summer. I was reminded of the freedom I felt 
exploring on my bike as a child. That sense of being that I now chased on my daily runs. I spent hours training on new trails in preparation for running races, but I could not shake the nostalgic thoughts of exploring on a bike. With every passing cyclist leaving dust in my face, I could feel a tinge of jealousy creep through my soul. It took too long after moving back, but after working two jobs and building up my bike fund, I was finally ready to buy. I went to a local bike swap where I found a previous year cross-country mountain bike sitting in the corner of the lot. It was more money than I was wanting to spend, and I walked away to think about whether or not I could justify the purchase. After a burrito and a lunch beer, I returned. I needed that bike in my life. single track trails were familiar from the miles I had run on them, but the trees flew by quicker and the rocks came up faster on two wheels. Protruding roots were no obstacle for the 29-inch tires, and I stared down the berms and bridges with glee. Grocery runs meant a ride through Hartley Park. An afternoon shift at work meant a commute down Lester River Trail. Dinner with friends meant cutting through Chester Park as I bombed the streets to get downtown. I saw bears along the trail, deer peeking through the trees, and skunks threatening to mark those who got too close. Most of all, I saw other riders with giant smiles on their faces, and I had one to match. I was flirting with the idea of expanding my bike quiver when some other flirting got in the way. Katie and I spent many evenings hiking and running, often ending on the shores of Lake Superior where we would talk for hours. We were testing boundaries in our budding relationship when we decided we wanted to find an activity we could get into together. We came out of that phase with two new fat tire bikes in our possession. We spent our date nights on these pedal-powered monster trucks, flying down snowy trails. We froze our butts off so we would have an excuse to cuddle on the couch with hot chocolate. We continued riding these behemoths through summer, bulldozing through rock gardens and pushing the giant tires uphill to outrun the Minnesota mosquitoes. Easy nights were spent riding to a brewery with a stop at the ice cream shop to power us back up the hill. On January 7th, 2021, I texted Katie that I would pick her up from work for a hike and a picnic dinner at our favorite frozen river. She responded with, can we take the bikes? We brought our bikes on road trips out west, day trips to other trails in the region, and anything just to get more miles in together. We rode our fat bikes through the crisp, cold night with the headlights reflecting into the white abyss. The snow-covered land led us to snow-covered ice as we made our way upstream, rushing water echoing under us. Two miles upstream, Katie's free hub seized, 
and left us up a creek without a pedal. Cold and hungry, we pushed our bikes downstream, stopping at a frozen waterfall to bundle up and eat our dinner. Smoked fish sandwiches and an ice-cold beer served as our main course. But before we got to dessert, I pulled a box out of my frame bag, got down on one knee, and asked her to marry me. She smiled, then cried, then laughed as we shivered together with elation. We tied the knot in May of 2021, then packed up all of our belongings and moved to Boise, Idaho. The four bikes were the last things packed in the moving truck and the first to be taken out. Exploring our new city on bikes made us feel at home. Seeing things that could not be seen from a car, waving to other cyclists, and noticing the little things that made our new home unique. We prefer the bike path to meet up with friends, head across town to a new restaurant, or make a morning coffee run. Life is better when I am centered on a saddle, wind flowing through my helmet and tires purring on the pavement. On a bike, I do not just see the world around me. I feel it, and I am a part of it. I learned about life riding through my neighborhood, down the dirt trails of Duluth, exploring our new city, and I will continue to learn as long as the wheels keep spinning. These lessons are what I want my child to experience. These are the lessons that were passed on to me, and it is a tradition worth continuing. The other day, Katie yelled to me from the other room, Can you go to the store? We need a pregnancy test. I was happy to oblige. And, of course, I took my bike. My name is Patrick Davison, and this is my short. Thank you, Patrick, for sharing your story. Our stories come from friends, from friends of friends, and from you, our community. If you have a compelling idea for a guest or a story lead, please give us a shout. You can use the submission form on our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Music today from Kai Engel, John Barry, and Brendan O'Connell. The tracks are courtesy of the artists or Free Music Archive. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find the links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. This episode was produced by Lauren Delani Miller with additional production help from Becca Cahal and Cordelia Zars. Artwork by Anya Miller. Becca Cahal is our executive producer. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. And support comes from Kuat Racks. They just released the Ibex an overlanding truck bed rack that handles substantial loads both on and off the grid because being off the grid is dope. Constructed from lightweight yet durable aluminum, the black powder coat is made for all the nature you can throw at it. Available in six different frame sizes to accommodate most truck models, the Ibex is engineered for adventure with versatile full and half height configurations. 
For more details, visit kuat.com. Kuat, because you will absolutely love this bedrock and all the dope places you go.